everyone. Thank you so much for tuning into this week's episode. I wanted to hop in before the show starts and let you know that this episode with Cody was recorded back in September. So if anything seems out of day or out of whack, that is why. Um, and as always, you can always check and see when these episodes were recorded right there in the show notes on whatever platform you're listening to. But let's hop into this week's episode. Thanks. Trying to make it right, these people won't let me go. I'm just trying to live my life. I just need space to grow. I'm just trying to make it right, these people won't let me go. Let me grow, let me go. Let me grow, let me go. They should know, they should know. They should know, they should know. I'm just trying to live my life. I just need space to grow. Welcome to the Tea with Brie. I'm your host, Brie. Thanks for listening. The Tea with Brie podcast is focused on deep, honest, and vulnerable conversation. Each week, I sit down with a different guest in order to have those conversations. Every week, we'll start my guest's bio, an intro into how we know each other, and then we'll go into a deep dive conversation about whatever topic they brought to me that week. This week, I am joined by my guest, Cody Adams, and I am going to let Cody introduce himself. Hi. Like yeah. I'm like waving my hand like people <laughs> not a not a visual medium I'm so sorry visual. um my name's Cody Adams uh yeah let me see husband Enjoy. brother dog father there we go see she knows everything about me um my two little fat boys they are Leonidas Penelope <clears throat> the third even though there was no one or two and then Odin Francis which is a Frenchie and Leo's uh, English and yeah they're just the cutest little things um husband John Chambers so sometimes the people that do know me I go by Cody Chambers but that's no one's business well now it's everyone's business um <laughs> now, we, we, now we all know now we all know um been married for three, three years since 2019 Hold on, I'm actually looking behind me because yeah. marriage certificate 2019. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because uh, I wasn't at that wedding. <laughs> oh, see. To, to we, be fair, we weren't friends yet. <laughs> we did not know each other. I hear this all the time with the friends that we've made since we moved to Austin. And everyone's like, well, you didn't invite me. I was like, I didn't know you. <laughs> You're supposed to preemptively be aware that we would be friends and invite oh. us to your wedding. We were we were ready. And see, you were ready before you even knew it. See, yeah. It all works out. Um, you just have to renew your vows and we'll just all be there. Thank we're, you. I'm planning. Well, now it's not going to be a surprise. John, don't listen to this. Um, yeah, it's my plan. It's my plan. We're going to re- renew the vows and I mean, eventually we'll make it to 10 years. We'll have a big shablam kind of redo of everything. Uh, yeah. So moved to Austin, like we said, in 2019, right after we got married. Husband was originally born in New York. I was born in Houston, Texas, each town going down. Um and yeah, chaos. <laughs> everything about me. Yeah, the, the best things about me. <laughs> the best thing. And then, yeah, because I met y'all right after y'all got married, uh, oh. at a friend's birthday, and obviously became obsessed. And we've been friends ever since. So, and now, and now you're maybe leaving. We'll just. And now going. I'm definitely leaving. Um, 
Yeah. Uh, my lease is up in April and that's going to be here before we know it. I know. So yeah, we have to make the time count while we can. <laughs> AKA oh, we, we need another karaoke party at your house. Oh, we, shall. we have a few holiday parties coming. So we'll just have to Which, before we jump in, we need to talk about y'all's holiday parties. It's literally Un- I'm, I'm unwell every time I think about them like you two throw the best parties like Halloween like the pumpkin carving to Christmas to we did Thanksgiving a couple of years back and I'm just like wow the goals the relationship goals we all have find yourself a partner who will throw parties like John and Cody. I just love the idea of I mean Christmas is mm, just chef's chef's kiss. Chef's kiss. Um, <laughs> uh that holiday party I just yeah I I have to throw it every year it's mm, I just love it the punch is what gets you every year is different we'll see what's going on this one (laughs) well I'm mostly excited to chat today one because you're one of my favorite people in the whole entire world and I could talk to you for hours on end but specifically about this topic of finding personal validation and personal acceptance as a black queer person and the navigation around that of learning to accept yourself even if it means that other people don't accept you and I think it comes with you know getting older and setting boundaries and I was just telling a friend this weekend who just turned 30 I go your 30s are your best you just really stop caring (laughs) and and that's literally how I feel I just turned 31 and I'm like this is like a new leaf. It has to be and this self-discovery and it just needs to be without saying, oh, it's about me, but me focused Mm -hmm. because that's the only way to become the best version of you. Yeah. And And it's like, I think it's different too. Cause like, I feel like in your early twenties or in your twenties period, like you're very selfish. Like Mm -hmm. I would, I will say selfish, but I think in your thirties, you learn how to put yourself first. And those are two very different things. Like you set so many boundaries, you get rid of friends that aren't really friends. You stop taking jobs. You hate, like you just get to be way more picky with your, with your life and the things you do. And yeah. And so when I was, when we were thinking about topic, you and I had been texting about this too, just like the, self-acceptance and self-actualization around being your own person and not having to look for that in other people especially like because we do have younger friends and I feel like you and I are the ones always giving advice (laughs) to these younger friends and we're like this crap will not matter in like five months like you won't even care anymore (laughs) so true Virgo fashion I give good (sighs) advice I don't practice what I preach but that advice is usually usually there and this is why we get along. I always forget you're a Virgo and I'm a Pisces. We are sister signs. This is why we work. The balance is right there. <laughs> Love it. Yeah. So, I mean, I, you know, you're married. You, I feel like talking to you and your husband about just the openness of like y'all's relationship with like, we go to couples therapy, we go to individual therapy, we do the work. And I want to know like how did you get to where you are now and you know having the honor of only watching like the last three years really grow but I think of like just that transformation of like to now be married for three years and still not still but to know the importance of 
accepting yourself, but then also knowing that like you and your partner are going to both grow and, and investing in yourself separately and together, especially in a place where I think as a Black queer person, we are often asked to make ourselves smaller or accept bullshit that a lot of other people don't have to. So that's sure. my first my first question. <laughs> so um, yeah, we to be completely transparent um there was a lot of things earlier in our relationship given the fact that we were so long distance so um really long story short his father was diagnosed with uh stage four cancer um melanoma i think it was and in a matter of weeks he passed away and during that time my mom was diagnosed with stage four uh, non-hodgkin's lymphoma so even with us being long distance we had such a a deep kind of understanding or an emotional understanding of each other, even though we didn't even see each other um, Mm -hmm. the first time physically. So everything was just phone calls, but we connected on such a deeper level so quick in a relationship where sometimes I think it takes so much longer to get to that point. Mm -hmm. Um, And then fast forward, things like that. Yeah, we went through a a lot. Um, And it wasn't until the pandemic, which really tested our relationship. Uh, He was working from home. I still had to go into the office. Um, But sidebar on that, I'm unemployed now. Love it. She's free. (laughs) I'm free. Finally. (laughs) It's the best freedom I've ever had. Um, But going back to it, uh, I still had to go in the office. It was just a constant us seeing each other, but yet we couldn't go out and of course, like everyone experienced, be with friends or get that social interaction. Mm -hmm. And that really just, I came home upset and it was, we were just moving and there was just so much going on where it really tested our relationship. So we decided I needed to do, because he still do, did his um, individual therapy. Um, So I started mine and then we were like, we really need to make this work. We, we've come so far and we just don't want to throw this away. Uh, so we started couples therapy and ever since then we've been doing it on a monthly basis, um, and do it when the good's good. I mean, that's the best time to do it. Not when it's always bad and you have issues and it's just opening that line of communication. That's the biggest thing that I think we've both figured out is open and honest communication. Well, I mean, that just, that opens so many doors. And I think that's the the biggest thing that helped us get to where we are now in our relationship and our, our love for each other and our overall marriage. So, mm-hmm. yeah, you too. <laughs> but we still go through it. Let's, let's not front. No, I know. Listen, you're still We're human. Through it. I mean. um, but yeah, it, it's, it's really about that. And then going back to being a black queer person. I mean, that is just a story in itself. That would take three podcasts. Um, <laughs> let's be honest. Uh, but there's always such a, like you said, a um, like a preconceived notion on how we should act and what we should do, especially growing up in a household like that. Uh, and my father was never really there, but even with that, it, it's still just, there's so much that goes into it and so much that negatively affected us at that time that is only starting to show its roots now or showing its scars or whatever it may be. So it's like, that mm-hmm. is a significant reason as to why I think people need therapy in general, but also black queer individuals that don't know how to express their, their individuality within that home. And I mean, it can start so young, but still, I mean, getting up to now, it wasn't until recently where I really kind of broke through. 
which is just so crazy given the fact that I'm 31. <laughs> I know. I mean, I think about this too of like, I didn't come out till I moved here when I was 26, which I've talked about before on the show, but you know, I just got back into therapy and I started therapy when I was 15, but I didn't have a therapist for the last six, seven years. Um, but I was going through a lot of shit and it was like, this was like, oh, like post pandemic, right? Like this was like the last year, six months to a year. I was just like, I am fading and just kind of not knowing what's next. And this is from me, like a person, like I said, started therapy at 15, come from a very open family. Like my family is very religious, but we also like believe in therapy. And I was like, no, like go and talk to your, your therapist. Like prayer is great, but also like <laughs> fucking go to therapy, <laughs> um, which I feel like is, is still such like, I don't think so anymore now, but I know it was like such a taboo thing for a long time of like, you don't go to therapy. You just pray about it. My family was like, no. Um, but I think about this as far as like, as being as a person, I was just talking to someone this past weekend about this. So like, I don't think I've ever been in love with anyone, but I have made it a point to be in love with myself. See, yeah. And by doing that, going to therapy is a really big part of that. And investing in myself like I would anybody else and so like I when when I thought about when we were thinking about this topic there was a specific friend of ours who I feel like hasn't done that work and is always trying to run and find validation in other people in order to validate themselves and as a person who I don't know if I ever did it to that capacity of like definitely like like when you're young and you know, you, you're in college or you're like, you're in your early twenties and you're just like partying and figuring shit out. And I'm like, yes, of course we all do that. But watching how, for lack of a better term, it's been tumultuous with this person and just kind of watching how it's almost ruined their life, their life on more than one occasion. And, you know, obviously still really caring about this person, but also being like, you're not going to listen to me. So I'm not going to try to impart my, (laughs) my old wisdom onto you, but you know, I wish someone would have told me if I if literally me now could go talk to 26 year old me and be like, listen, the shit you're doing now isn't going to matter. But if you fuck up your life, it will. Yep. And to be able to now be 32 and look back and be like, I probably shouldn't have dated that woman who was 11 years older than me when I was 26, <laughs> 27. Um, I probably shouldn't have dated that first girl I dated. And you know, again, coming from a family that that is really open and honest, and my godmother, who did not care for my first girlfriend, um, who was like, "Listen, just because you care for someone or you love someone doesn't mean you have to be with them." And that sure. little piece of advice, and how I share it with everyone now, like you don't have to allow people in your life, and learning how to set boundaries and all that other stuff of like. Now I feel like I'm rambling, but it's it's just been so interesting to be a grown-up now and just be like if this is what I've learned in 32 years through therapy and self-love and self-validation I can't wait to see what the next 30 years will look like like not even 30 years give it like two to three I mean I know it's like the amount of effort that you put into it and that kind of comes into an accountability factor so it's like how much do you actually want to change and how much do you want to better yourself and realistically you're not if you're not in it to win it then it's just going to be a a black hole that you're throwing things into you're never ever going to see change mm, i'd write that down 
Yeah. And I mean, from my side, I, my family really, like I said, father was never really there. Um, didn't really believe in therapy. So it was more of just suppress. And it wasn't until John and I got together that he, of course, let me know he did therapy for however long um, and still does therapy. And I was like, no. And that was just kind of a, a preconceived notion that I had that was like, there's no need for therapy. Just deal mm-hmm. with it. Get on. It was kind of like that, that uh, mentality of just keep pushing and it's always going to get better and whatever it may be, but you might need, or you need those people to kind of give you that view of, Hey, you might be looking at it different. So getting that perspective from someone else even if not a friend or Mm -hmm. even if it be a friend or a therapist, whatever it is, it's just having that as I think monumental and making yourself a better person and really striving that. So, but yeah, it's wasn't frowned upon, just really didn't talk about, or it was nothing like that. And it's always hard because then it kind of brings up a, a quick story where even if my mother, she's no longer living, sorry for whoever doesn't know. Um, (laughs) uh, She didn't believe in therapy, whatever it was, but it wasn't until I didn't know my grandparents on my mom's side until I was in, what was it? I was in middle school. Um, So she kind of kept us a secret because she was so afraid that, oh, if you don't know me, once again, I'm mixed. So I'm half white, half black. So that this could help the story a little bit. (laughs) What is he talking about? Um, she didn't really tell her parents, our grandparents that we ever existed. So that created such lasting damage that I even know about, obviously when I was a child Mm -hmm. that my mom was too afraid to say, Oh, I have mixed or interracial children, or I have mixed children. And she didn't have the confidence to tell her parents because she still had that fear of being disowned. And I'm like, how is this even real? And it was just so crazy. But now I'm rambling. I don't even know where I was going with that You're story. Talk mm. about validation. Oh, there. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> then getting to that therapy and all of that, it's it's just made me very, very enlightened with, hey, I don't need to always have my ducks in a row or whatever it may be. But as long as I know that, hey, I'm doing the best I can and I love myself. And I that's a daily struggle, not daily struggle, but a daily task. You have to like wake up and say, okay, today is not feeling it, whatever, but Hey, I still love me. And John has been trying to tell me, look at, look at yourself in the mirror. And I'm like, I can't do that. That's so weird. (laughs) I would just stare at myself and just wander. Um, but it's getting that I love me. And that's the foundation for everything from Mm -hmm. there. You build a house on that thing. And it's, it's, it's just goes story by story. And it's, it's an amazing thing. That foundation of, I love me. I mean, (laughs) the head turn right now I just I think for me too like and I've shared this here I don't know if I've told you but like I have struggled with an eating disorder since I was 12 and it's been pretty bad um briefly yeah but definitely those last few months of like first of all we are currently going through a lot of stuff like astrologically and cosmically and I am just like Everyone, I think, is just spent right now. We have a full moon. Six planets are in retrograde. Mars is in Gemini. It's just, it's a lot, everybody. Um, 
And it's just been funny. If you need some information, just co-star it. We'll all be fine. Yeah, everything, everything is hot garbage fire this week and it's going to be fine. Um, But for me, it's been really difficult just because like I am like so such like a hippie woo woo of like I feel those shifts. So it's not only like cosmically everything is kind of in limbo, but then also like I've been interviewing for jobs back home. So like there's also that I just signed a new consulting contract. I'm sort of in this limbo of like what's next because like my lease isn't up till April, but like if I got a job, I would move sooner. And there's just like all these like as a control freak, I'm losing my fucking mind because I'm like, (laughs) which control freak is such a trauma response. My therapist, shout out to Brittany as always. Um, she and I have been working through unpacking why I feel the need to control everything. And it definitely comes from trauma. And, you know, the fact that like growing up, I was definitely like, she calls it parentify, parentify everything. Or like all my friends are like, I've always been like this motherly person. Um, Mm -hmm. and it's because like my mom died when I was super young and my dad kind of was like doing his own thing. You're forced into that role. So thus Mm -hmm. now my, my way of feeling okay is to have control and anyone who knows when you interview for jobs you have no control you're kind of just like left up to the fucking masses <laughs> sitting in limbo you're like what the hell is going I, on here? the way i hate limbo so it's just been really hard and you know like you're saying that like you just said like that foundation of everything is loving yourself and it took me a while to get there like even now so like i can't take a compliment really i come from a very humble family um so this guy i've sort of been talking to no one get excited everyone's like oh man i'm like no we no expectation no we can bring that down um but like he and i were talking and he was like you're great and i was like no i know and he's like okay then what's your issue i was like uh, the thing is like i know i'm great i just don't think other people think i'm great and it's a thing i'm working through i'm like but the interesting thing is like Huh? You, you ain't gotta have that you don't have to p- think people you great that's all you i know need. i know i'm great like that's not the issue like i know i'm great i have a lot to offer but i think for my whole life like this also comes from a trauma thing which i've talked about it was this guy growing up who I had a huge crush on who dated all my friends and didn't date me so it's, it's a thing we're working through it in there childhood therapy childhood well, trauma runs deep Simi his name I will because he does not first of all I believe in karma so much because no shade he does not look great and he's like seven kids and he I feel like he's not doing the best see you don't want that anyway that was the universe I know God said no but (laughs) I just think about that too of like I have come so far in my life and I've done so many great things and in that came a lot from learning how to validate myself and love myself but in the meantime like and my best friend John was on the show way before and we talked about this of like John and I grew up together and so I think a lot of uh the reason why we're still really good friends and best friends is because like we loved each other when we didn't know how to love ourselves but we did it in a way that was really healthy of like a best friend who like you don't really expect things from like they're just your friend and so it was a really safe space to do that and so growing up and being a grown-up now like I don't look for validation in partnerships Mm-hmm. but finding and seeing friends who do it always breaks my heart because I'm like you ha- like do you like yourself number one do you love yourself like outside of being someone's partner like you as a person just you alone like if you never find anyone are you going to be okay happy. huh it's like would you be happy would you be happy could you be not. okay and I tell people all the time like I which I know like I I believe in speaking things into existence so I'm not doing that I'm just saying like if 
by some means of the stretch of the imagination, I don't meet anybody and I am single and I never get married. And no, maybe I don't have kids or whatever. I'm like, I have built and have such a beautiful, fulfilled life outside of that and not waiting around for that to happen. Like one of my really good friends growing up, like she would not travel for a long time. And I was like, what is happening? She's like, well, what if I meet someone who like wants to travel? I go, do you think they're waiting around for you to meet them so they can travel? Like it was a whole conversation. I think she'll be here at 6.30 p.m. So I was like, girl, you could no. be waiting for this man for like 10, 20 years. We should just never have a stamp on your passport. Just never leave the state. Like, what? I was like, bitch, if you don't travel. Like, because I've been a person who, you know, I'm an only child, but I come from a really big family. Like I was taught my whole life, like just to do things and try things. And now I feel like I'm rambling again, but it's just like that, that whole premise of like liking and loving yourself and having that be your validation outside of a relationship so when you do get into one it's not one that like you need to have it to survive like the whole like my better half or you complete me I'm like no you should be your own full person yep and then when you meet someone they should be their own full person so that you bring 200% but even on the days when like you can't bring 100 they still have that other percentage to bring to you that's one thing that John and I, I think, really have kind of honed in on. Um, we're not always going to be 100, each of us. So no one is. There, there are days that he's been working. And even if I, or when I had my job, <clears throat> if he hypothetically worked a late night, I want to make sure he comes home and he's able to do this because he's kind of putting in so much effort. And if I have that free time, he might be at 50%. Let me cover that. So he's not constantly just running wild and then vice versa when I'm going through it. Like that, that's, that's the key of a relationship as well is giving whenever you, they don't have it, you give it mm-hmm. and then vice versa. And I, I, that's been uh, like an, a magical thing that we've had. Um, but yeah, back on it's, you need to be confident and 100 in yourself before anything of, of a relationship. But also with that, you could also be like 80, 90% there. Cause you might seek a little bit of that other person to help you fulfill mm-hmm. whatever, a, whatever you may need to top off the glass. Let's say, mm-hmm. um, just keep pouring in glass to glass. Uh, <laughs> um, but yeah, I, I couldn't agree more with, with everything that you just said. It's, yeah. And I think society nowadays, and John and I talked about this when we were in London, um, I think the queer community is ever changing where it's like, oh, now this is in, like, you have to be a certain type of way. And it's, if you're always trying to conform yourself to that, you're never going to be confident in yourself because mm-hmm. you are your own person. You're, you're made that way because you are special in whatever way that you know. It's, it's something that you have. And with the community nowadays, it's, oh yeah, you have to be like hella muscular or like full sleeves and all this. And it's like, I can't keep up with all that. Like I'm stopping. What if no one likes tattoos anymore? And then I got 17 of them. Like, okay, do we just magic eraser? I don't think so. So (laughs) it's not possible. Um, Yeah, I think kind of springboarded from that into just the queer community nowadays it's, it's hard. I think it's Mm -hmm. a lot 
more difficult and this is me talking like I'm oh my god I'm like old a lot more difficult for when from when I did it <laughs> when I was young <laughs> when I was young <laughs> um and it, it's it it kind of I think it makes people believe that true love and true relationships in the gay community cannot be achieved mm. Mm-hmm. And it's funny because okay, I was watching this TikTok the other day where <laughs> this guy was literally talking about something. Um, and he was like, is this even real or am I just chasing after a fantasy of what a gay relationship is? Mm. Or, or and I'm like, of course you go to the comment section. Those are always the good ones. Sometimes you get some good comments and they make you laugh. Um, but everyone was very supportive of no, it's still out there and people have been married for years. And I just think it's it's harder nowadays. Mm-hmm. It's a lot harder, which is crazy. Cause I thought I was, it was, it was hard when I was doing it. Jeez Louise. Please. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I think about that often too, of like as a queer person. And for me, it's, it's, I did all along the gender spectrum. So it's always like those conversations I still have to have of like, I am queer no matter who I date. Like mm-hmm. I could end up with a cis dude or I could end up with a cis woman or someone who's trans or non-binary and I'll still be queer no matter what. Um, but I think about this too, like I've never been in a serious relationship. I don't think I've ever dated anyone longer than three months. And so for me, it's oh, it's been so interesting my whole life of like having friends even like up in the elementary school, like having my friends who were dating boys when we were in elementary school, and I use air quotes heavily around that because we were like 12. Um, yeah. But now like, ha- yeah, <laughs> air quotes. But now yeah. I like think of, you know, I've had friends who, you know, I, I no longer talk to, but this girl I was really close to in college. She was a serial mon- monogamist, always had a boyfriend. And like, she didn't know who she was if she wasn't in a relationship. And now she's married and has a kid. And like I said, we've been talking a long time. But one time she said, she's like, I wish I could be like you. Like, I don't know how to be single. I'm like, that's terrifying to me. Like, you don't know who how to be on your own or like. Yourself. <laughs> yourself or like what your that own interests are or what do you like she would just always mirror whatever her boyfriends were in and I'm like girl no because if I have to watch baseball on tv no I can't do it anyway but like I think about that too of like and I talk to people now about this of like as a person who has always just had so many good friendships and that's why I don't ever feel like I'm missing out on anything like anything I want to do I'll either do alone or with a friend like I don't feel like I need a partner to do that or like you know talking to the guy I was sort of talking to um I'm not sharing his name it's not relevant <laughs> um let's but call you know him who you are you know like, who you are let's call him Ralph um and Ralph it, huh does it rhyme no. I'll start ran- okay I was about to say I'll start random names no, it's not at all close to his name um but like we were talking because like he's always had a has always had a girlfriend he moves all the time with partners and so for me to just like pick up and move because I want to move he's like what does that he's like what is that and I was like what well, what's well, the same chaos of like you just moving with a person you've known for five minutes because they're moving like I'm moving because I want to move and try new things like I'm moving back home to be closer to family and my nephew starting high school next year like all these different reasons but it's always it's for me it's always fascinating talking to people who've never really been single um, or people who meet me and like, how are you not dating someone? I'm like, I just, I hate the word settle, but I refuse to settle, especially like, as a black woman. I have been asked so many times of like, 
do you think like if you did less or like didn't run your own business or I didn't have so many friends and blah, 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 like you'd be with someone. I'm like, you would never ask a man to do less. Yeah. But, do less. So you can really get someone. But, like, so you, you can find back. somebody. I'm like, no, like, no, 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 no. Thank you. Thank you. Like, though, but yeah. like I'm, I'm genuinely happy and that's not to say like times aren't tough because they are, I'm human, but genuinely I am happy and I'm okay with where I am in life. But just to think about like, the way people so often like the only way they can equate with me like if if I did less or I made myself smaller like then I would be like quote unquote like acceptable for partnership and I'm like well why can't these people just step their fucking game up why is it my problem so I think this is why I like Oprah so much like Oprah has decided to not marry Stedman and just be in this partnership like she don't need him she has allowed this man (laughs) to be in her space and I'm always just like mood (laughs) obvious like a a effing mood so (laughs) <laughs> mm, Stedman's just there. He's just, he's just a little arm candy for Oprah. He is, and he is thriving. He seems to be doing just fine. <laughs> oh goodness. Um. Yeah, I, I just. Yeah, everything that we're we're speaking on, I think, is just it, it, it's just all factually based because I think we've experienced it, and I feel like a lot more a lot of queer people of color have experienced things like this um yeah mm. this is why we're friends this is why we're friends but then no, like to say that like for other reasons but you know you know what i'm saying i do i get it no, no, no. but i think about that too like as a queer person of color who you're married your husband is white i date people of all races and i think about that too of like i followed the family lineage you know I'm done with you. Um, But I think of that too, of like, what does that mean to date someone who looks different than you and the navigation of that too? Because it's also that same friend who I think is a little lost in their life, um, typically only dates white men. And I think it's that too, of like that feeling like you have to be X, Y, and Z in order to like quote be good enough for a white person and I feel like that's so tumultuous in the queer community too of like the default in queerness is still white gay men and so also that navigation too of like the pro- the way that white queer people are problematic but try to hide behind their queerness to say they're not problematic and you know watching that friend sort of like destroy himself in order to fit in to what he wanted to be for the this person he used to date but I think about that too, of like how heartbreaking it was to watch that of like, you don't have to change who you are to make yourself good, quote, good enough for this person because of who they are, or the access they have. And, you know, I know you had conversations with him and in the conversation he and I had, I'm just like, you don't have to do all this. Like, you don't have to, like you were saying, like, you don't have to lose a certain amount of weight. You don't have to fit into this certain like expectation of queerness. You don't have to, you know, all these different things. But I just think because, he's young in the conversations that we were just having about like when you're young you think one thing and you and you know the stubbornness around being young like you think you know everything and we just went like okay like I've given you the advice <laughs> you can decide what you want to do with it um and then watching him sort of come out of that after but I have watched so many friends try to lose themselves in order to find someone that they want to be with yeah because we've all been young, dumb, and full of rum. Not me. I and rum. rum and I are not friends. 
That is a thing I learned when I was very young. So no, Mine's not fireball. I. fireball is left field. Bad decisions. It's freaking Bad syrup de- anyway. Um, but it's when you're getting advice from people that have potentially experienced it, even if they're only, let's say three, four years um, older than you, whatever it may be, they might've gone through certain situations that put them through mm-hmm. whatever that might be. So it's always taking that advice, even if you feel as though you don't need it, but actually implementing it and see what might come of it. Mm-hmm. Like what's the harm kind of thing, you know? And it's, it's, I think it's frustrating when you're a third party in any type of situation where you're trying to give advice mm-hmm. and you might not know everything, but you feel as though, Hey, once again, why not give it a shot? And they're just very stagnant in the way they, they think and operate where they're hypothetically just too good for something like that. I don't need that. Cause I have everything in control. I know what's mm-hmm. going on. Um, it becomes very frustrating and we've all been in that situation. Even if it's not good advice, it's advice. Truly. Well, my whole issue, like I hate repeating myself. So I'm like, I'm not going to go uh, this over and over again. Like, please, we can have the conversation. I'll hear you out, but I'm not going to give you the same advice every time because I don't want to hear myself to the same shit over and over again. And clearly you didn't like the, th- the thing I said the first time. So I've, I often said so again, one, one and done. Mm. Well, I now allow my friends from back home will also attest to this. Like I will ask, like, do you want, what kind of advice are you looking for? Are you looking for <laughs> the loving, the loving sister, older sister advice, or looking for the older angry black aunt who doesn't have time for your bullshit advice? Like you get to decide what are you, what are you ready for today? Because I have both at the ready and I'm not going to lie to you. They're just going to come in different packages. So I might, I might be going from one to the next. You just mm-hmm. might not know. Mm-hmm. And I, I feel that too. Cause it's like, do you want me to help you play the woe is me card? Or mm-hmm. are we going to be honest? Like, let's be honest here. Do you want the truth or a soft truth to? or a soft like, truth? <laughs> yeah. Who, who are we lying to? Cause if you're putting yourself in that situation, it's just, you're lying to yourself. Mm-hmm. And what does that do? nothing but create a false sense of reality for you and whoever's surrounding when you're what you want to have them believe. So it's like, makes no sense to me. It's a waste of time. It's a waste of energy, effort. Effort for sure. And it's just like, I think I'm just always as a person who has found self-validation and self-love, I'm just like, I want us all to get there. So like, how do I move you closer to this side of like, you don't need to find it in other people. You don't need to wait around for permission. You don't need to look for it. It's already out there. You're, you you give this to yourself. Like, and I think that's what's been interesting about like watching people who are married, like you and you and Cody, and then like sorry, that's me. Cody, you Cody. and John. You know what I meant. You that and John. That that's called that's frowned upon. You, <laughs> you know what it. I meant. You and John, my <laughs> friend Caitlin and her husband, like watching a lot of my friends who have now gotten married and and watching them navigate that new level of like partnership of like yes y'all been together for a long time but like marriage just changed that is from what i've seen even just being an outward person an outside person seeing it um but watching that too of like you're still gonna be 
And I don't think people really understand that to you, like watch your friends get married. I'm like, you are still going to be this whole person who just now is attached to this other person who you love and who we grow to love. Um, but then also, you know, talking to other friends of mine who have had, you know, rough spots in their marriage of like, literally having the conversation of like, is this where I want to fix this thing? Or is it a thing that can't be fixed? And so I think it's that too, of like, I think so many people assume that the grass is greener on the other side. And it's like, just, it's just always like the, I want this thing. And it's just like, but it's still work. Like, I think people just think you get in a relationship and it's like <laughs> sunshine and rainbows. And it's like, no. It's a full-time job like, and people that are in relationships and act actively are trying to ensure that the relationship goes above and beyond and doesn't just kind of stall out. Um, it's a full-time damn job. I got the job plus the job plus the dogs, which is another job. I got three jobs and I ain't getting paid for none of them. So I ain't got no job. That pays. You get paid but, in love. <laughs> but it, yeah, that's, it, it's, you got to put in the effort and it's, I think you can only put as much effort in as much as the other person wants. Nope, that's confusing. Let's wait. Nope. No, I think it worked. It, uh, you have to both be investing the same amount of work. Exactly. Yeah. Like you, you can put in 100% if that person and other person wants to put in 20. I mean, someone's going to have to make that up. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Mm-mm. 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 No, we ain't got, we're, we're too, we're too grown for this. As people, we're too grown for this. That too. Huh. Yeah. I mean, that Ralph and I were talking about this because I, I yeah, not, not his real name. I, I really thought you said his real name. I was like, no. beep. Can you like bleep that? I bleep. Nope. Still not his real name. Um, <laughs> He and I were talking about this because like I currently this week, I want children. It, it ebbs and flows. Some days I do, some days I don't. I feel you, but I don't. Like some days I'm like, oh my God, I would love to be a mom. And then some days I'm like, "Eh, I like my freedom. Um, Mm -hmm. But I think about this often of like, okay, if I do become a parent, I'm like, do I trust anybody to co-parent with me? Because like I have a very specific idea of how I want my hypothetical child slash children to be raised. And right now, I don't think I trust anyone that I've been with in the past or who are on my like wavelength right now to raise a child with because I I want my kid to have that same level of freedom I did like my parents let me ask a lot of questions I was allowed to try a lot of new things my parents like I had a lot of queer friends growing up my family was super accepting like my godfather's a pastor but I was able to ask a lot of questions about religious beliefs like very much like a hippie but like hippie light and now I'm like hippie full and I want my full glass full glass Mm -hmm. like I had diet hippie growing up and now we're like full sugar hippie um and so I think (laughs) I'm dead I think about it that way though like I want my kid to be able to like question their gender to date all the people to try new things to travel like and and you know I I think about that of like if I end up with a cis dude I'm like do I trust a cis hetero straight dude to raise a potentially like mixed or black kid Mm -hmm. in a way that like they feel freedom in a world where they often aren't given freedom and I and you know I'm always like I think I'd rather just do this by myself like to not have to like get asked people like their question or their input about raising my kid but I'm like but if you have a kid with someone you have to like take their consideration into consideration like yeah that is correct this is the controlling thing that we were talking about earlier (laughs) I don't want it Come on, it's a compromise. Mm-hmm. 
This is when that hundred percent thing comes into play. I mean, there's a lot of math going on right now. Sorry, guys. Yeah, <laughs> we're not math people. We're so sorry. <laughs> 110, that don't, that's more than hundred, but so none of <laughs> it. Yeah. I mean, I think you will get to that point of finding the person where you're able to kind of release the brake or release the gas pedal. There, there's going to be a point and that that's, I think that's like the best thing about when you do find that person, because it really doesn't feel like a relationship. Mm. Um, it's more or less just two people that share so many commonalities, but yet love each other so much. And it, it's just, everything happens organically at that mm. point. So you can trust their input and you can trust that they're going to do this. I mean, of course you, you go through those learning curves, um, but mm. then you get to that point and I, you're going to have that in your future. I I will speak that into existence. Oh my God. Um, me and my future family. Thank you very much because currently where I am right now at Tuesday, <laughs> Tuesday September 13th, 2022 at 1148 AM. I'm <laughs> really not sure. <laughs> Well, luckily uh, we got September 14th, 15th, and 16th. Uh, got some gross. Um, but yeah, I mean, I just think about that. Like I, as a person, again, as a control freak, had a lot of plans growing up. I'm like, I thought by now at 32, I'd be married with two kids, living in a house and dropping my kids off to school every day. And now I'm just like, mm, woke up at eight this morning, <laughs> made a breakfast, recording a podcast in an apartment in Texas. You know, I'm just living, just the living. The usual. <laughs> the usual. You're still young. You're still neat, petite and ready to eat. So don't even worry. You've got the time. You're so Texas. <laughs> petite and ready to eat. What is wrong with you? Uh, <laughs> Okay. Well, like, how is that, how's that conversation gone with y'all? Because I feel like you two would be the best parents. Like I would definitely let my kid be raised by the two of you. Okay. Well, you're going to spend the summer at John and Cody's. Bye. (laughs) It's very funny because John came from a really big family. Um, Ginormous. Ginormous. uh, Six siblings. Um, I came from a very small family, just my brother. You and your fine ass brother. Sorry. (laughs) (laughs) his name is Chris Christopher he's not single I'm waiting for Chris so I'll get back up (laughs) um damn I lost my train of thought sorry raising kids raising kids see this is why I wouldn't be mm -mm, can't have children I would literally forget where they were um but so you have John (laughs) there we go John came from a really big family when we first started dating he really loved the idea of having a big family um I was completely, no, Mm. don't children. Now it's kind of shifted. John is more or less, he really doesn't want children. I, I'm kind of like you have my, my ebb and flow, ebbs and flows. I was kind of weeds and waves, but that's different. I don't know where that was going to come from, but ebbs and flows. And I'm like, oh my God, I see a cute little baby. And I'm like, okay, well that turns into like 10 years. And it's like 18 years. I'm like, that's a lot of money that I'm spending on this child. Mm-hmm. And did you com- know it costs, it costs like $300,000 to raise a kid <clears throat> from like birth get- to like college get jobs again? <laughs> Was it 13, 12, like 16? You can get a job at 16 <laughs> on the lawn at 11. <laughs> Start paying your way. Um, but call me selfish. I want to be able to spend the money that I've worked so hard for mm-hmm. on myself. 
um, and our family, which is our dogs and John or dogs and John. Yeah. Um, yeah, it could be selfish, but Hey, I worked in me not having a job since I've been in this previous one for nine and a half years. And as you know, I worked weekends. Um, I was basically always on call and doing that since I was literally 21. Mm-hmm. Like, could you, like, I've, I've given up so much of my life. Um, so the monetary side is definitely like a good thing, but it's like, I want to spend that money on John and I, I don't want mm-hmm. to even fit down the line. Like it's no, I've worked hard for it. Sorry. It is what it is. You're not wrong. I mean, <laughs> <clears throat> and I think about this too. Cause like I said, my godson slash nephew is 13. Oh my God. No one's going to have me as a godparent now. <laughs> never know. Maybe I have a baby. Maybe it'll be young. Boy, Cody, gross. <laughs> Oh my God, never. But I think about that because like I'm moving back home and obviously we're re- he and I are both really excited about me moving back home. But I think about that too. Like he is my beneficiary on like my will right now because I'm a grown up and I have a will, um, which is wild to think about. Um, but like, I always think like, I obviously have known him his whole life and he was always like my little shadow. And so like growing up with him, like, cause when he was born, I was 19, 18, turning 19. Um, and so I always think about that too of like, but I did love that, that experience of like growing up with him. But now I'm like, do I want to start over with him? It's like starting, I'm like, do I want to start over with another kid? Like, yeah. <laughs> it's a lot. Children are a lot. Um, another job, that's, that would be four now. That's but, the, four. but then I think about it, like, I, like I said, I come from a really big family. And so even just like me growing up I was never like again I was an only child but I was never raised like an only child my cousins and I are very close we're all like within five to like 10 years of each other age-wise and so I think about that too of like friends and family-wise like I think I'd be fine but I'm just always like but that kid is yours for 18 yeah you can't just like keep this person alive (laughs) can't just like drop it on but I'm returning you like oh my god it's been so fun um <laughs> like today has been great. So if you can just go back to where you ever came from, that'd be great. I'll see you tomorrow. Yeah, I, I mean, I know I'm going to be the mom that like wants to be involved in everything too. So I'm always like, <laughs> yeah. Anyway, we off we got way off topic, but talk about children. Um, no, no, I don't think we're going to have children. To be honest, don't say that. <laughs> I selfishly want y'all to have kids. I have two children. They're my English and my French. Those Listen, are my two I'm trying to take Leo, but you guys refuse to let him live with me. <laughs> Everyone anyway. wants Leo. No one wants Odin. I want Odin. Odin doesn't like anyone but you and John. <laughs> Odin only likes you and John. It's fine. That is true. Leo just loves everyone. Correct. Sweet little ham. Anyway, I thank you so much for chatting with me today. I think you're brilliant and I love you, my little Virgo prince. Um, At the end of every episode, I like to ask one final question. And that question is, what is the best advice you were ever given? Or what is a piece of advice you'd give to your younger self? Ooh, that's a good one. Thank you. Three years later and it still stumps people. (laughs) (laughs) Let's see best advice I've ever given I mean I've given a lot of advice that you have yeah we don't know about the good ones um what would I tell my younger self Ooh, I think that's a really good one my younger self it's like an episode of RuPaul's Drag Race like this is the final four and I had to like talk to my younger self in that photo and I'm like okay 
You're so gay. Uh, <laughs> um, ooh, that is a really hard one because there's so many things I would want to say. Uh, I know. Got to pick big, one. Yeah, I think the biggest thing would be oh crap you really stumped me on this because i can go to like an emotional route cody you're blabbing just pick one um it's gonna be very stereotypical i think it's just Mm -hmm. gonna be everything does get better and even at that point in time i would not know that anything was bad Mm -hmm. but when i finally figured it out but i think being aware of it at a younger age i would be able to cope and talk about more things openly now compared to previously, I guess, like a year or two, three years ago. Um, Yeah, everything does get better. Shit gets rough, but everything gets better. Shit gets rough. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. What would you say? Which one for you? Oh. Ask um... you? No, people do ask me. Oh, I was going to be like, okay, all y'all on this podcast. all the ones No, before. I've I've gotten asked, but it's funny because no, it's been a while since people have asked it back to me. So um, best advice I've ever been given or piece of advice I give to my younger self. Mm. I don't know why today the first one popping into my head is my grandma who just passed in January. She was one of the shadiest people I've ever known. And I freaking miss her every day. Um, very Southern lady with a lot of moxie. Um, (laughs) but it was, it was always a mix between the top two. She's always given me was like, definitely like the, always like you are the company you keep one, like your friends are a reflection of who you are. So make sure you have good people. Um, but then this weekend I was wearing these shoes and she always said, like, if you can't, if you can't walk in them, you shouldn't wear them. And I don't know like why that like applies to all of my life. Like if it's not a good fit, don't force it almost. That's and so I'm just, I think about that often of like, you don't have to make yourself uncomfortable in order to look a certain way. So yeah, those are the, those are the two for today. I really like that second one. Yeah. One. Yeah. If you can't, if you can't walk in them, you shouldn't wear them. So like, if it doesn't feel the fit, don't force it. Sally Ann, may she rest. Sally Ann, RIP. RIP. That's it for this week's episode of The Tea with Brie. Be sure to follow the podcast on Instagram at The Tea with Brie. Send me an email at thetewithbrie at gmail.com or visit the website, thetewithbriepodcast.com. You can find me, your host, Brianna Jenkins, on Instagram at Brianna Jenkins. Don't forget to rate, review, and follow on Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts. A special thanks to Mama Duke for our theme music, and I will catch you next time. Bye.